Summer camp is where kids learn to be themselves. It's a time where they are away from their parents for the first time, and they begin to learn how to operate independently. They are forced to mingle with kids that they don't know and in some cases won't ever see again. When I agreed to work as a camp counselor, my thoughts centered around that and helping those kids navigate the rushing waters of independence while having a good time and a good summer. However, as I'm sitting here right now talking to you guys, reflecting on this experience, I, I have to confess that what I've been thinking about most through this experience isn't what it means to be a child or what it means to have fun, but more so what it means to be powerful. For those of you who are unaware, being in charge of 20 to 25 middle schoolers at the time really makes you contemplate what it means to be in charge. It's a madhouse. It's like every man for themselves. And this is coming from a person who was a cop in Atlanta, like one of the most dangerous areas in Atlanta. And I had no power there. None of that mattered. None of the drug dealers I arrested, the gangbangers, the murderers, the rapists, none of that mattered. It was like it was like all the powers I had before were gone. If you ever played like a sequel to a really good video game where at the end of the first one you got all these powers, but by the second one they take those away for plot purposes. That's that's what it was. My powers were gone. It meant nothing to these kids. So all this chaos and this lack of my ability to round these people together, round these kids together and lead them effectively made me wonder, what does it mean to have power? As a species, humans are obsessed with power. It's what gets you the cars, the girls, the fame, the fortune. Simply the fact that you know the names of Alexander the Great or Napoleon or Genghis Khan, despite how long it's been since they died, shows you what power does, shows you the clout that power has and what it means to your legacy. But the question still remains, what is it to be powerful? We all don't have the ambitions to take over countries or lead armies or even run our local governments. If I, as a human being, wanted to become powerful as possible, what do I do to pursue that? There has to be some sort of formula, something something we can follow, we can physically look at to see what is it that makes people powerful. I want to figure that out. Although I'm not classically trained in the art of investigative journalism, I've heard the term follow the money enough to realize this should be my first stop. Look, we, we all know that money rules the world. Well, at least America for sure, and I'm pretty sure everywhere else. We marvel at the luxurious lifestyles of the rich and famous, the ease, the comfort, that all has to equal power. Everyone has a price, and if you can find it and afford it, the world is indeed yours. We are seeing it day in and day out, buying front row seats and literally feeling the sweat drops off the athletes. Rich people are even surrounded by the most beautiful people in the world. Heck, and we just figured out for sure, without a doubt, that the rich are buying their children's way into good schools, prestigious colleges. Now we've also found out they can get in trouble, especially with that kind of thing. However, as we all know, if you can afford a good lawyer, the law really doesn't bind you. Since the beginning of money, of currency, there's been an eternal battle, a struggle between the rich and the poor. 
And as I recall, the rich haven't really taken that many L's in this struggle. If you want to even call it a struggle. Even today, there are countless protests and political campaigns of people screaming at the top of their lungs about the imbalance of wealth and power. And it became clear that money is the root to power. If you have money, then you have power. So I thought, if we're ready to give the crown of power to money, we first have to answer this question. If just obtaining money, if a, a magical amount of money just plopped into your lap, would that make you powerful? And if you want that answer, you need to look no further than the history, the stories of the people who've won the lottery. And unfortunately, those stories lead in hurt, depression, and in some cases, death. Jack Whitaker hit the jackpot in 2002, winning a total of $314 million. And at first, things were awesome. Like, he won more money than he knew what to do with. And like anyone in that position, he wanted to provide for his family members, his 16-year-old daughter, Brandy, being one of them. Like a lot of fathers, he viewed his daughter as a princess and wanted to give her the whole world if he could. So he would buy her new cars and give her money for shopping. But unfortunately, new cars and a lot of pocket money can spell disaster for a young teenager. Brandy began to be enthralled with the fast life. She hung out with the wrong crowd. She would soon develop a drug habit and then develop a boyfriend habit. And one that would stick around would be Jesse, who only encouraged this horrible behavior. Now, during all this, Jack was also indulging into the finer things in life. His marriage was slipping, so he found a new safe haven in strip clubs and would blow absurd amount of cash a night. He was known as a high roller, which made him popular, but also made him a target. Somehow it became known that Jack would use his car sort of as a bank, and his car was broken into not once, but twice. The first time they took over $500,000, and then the second time they only made off with a meager $200,000. Even the strip club workers were plotting against him conspiring to drug him and steal his money. Luckily for Jack, police got word of this plan before it was executed and the conspirators were arrested. Although that plan was foiled, it really showed Jack that he had to keep his head on the swivel. People were after him and his money and would do anything to get it. Reflecting on everything, Jack knew that his life was slowly going out of his control. He was losing his wife. He was going through money like it was nothing. His peace of mind was gone. However, none of that would even come close to what he was about to experience. His life would be forever changed when his daughter, Brandy, disappeared. As we mentioned earlier, Jack's daughter was diving into a dark world with her boyfriend. The two would go to wild parties where they would drink and do drugs to their heart's content. The good time came to an abrupt end in August of 2004 when Jesse was found dead in one of Jack Whitaker's many homes. The cause of death, drug overdose. The loss of Jesse sent Brandy on a spiraling decline and into depression. Jack would try to help her and try to pull her out of that depression. But on December 9th, 2004, Brandy went missing. Many thought that because of her past and because of her lifestyle, that there was foul play involved. Jack and his wife spearheaded an initiative to find their daughter. They spent countless hours searching for their daughter. However, December 20th, 2004, just over a year after Jack won the lottery, his pride and joy Brandy was found dead. Her body was wrapped in plastic tarp and dumped behind a junked van 
Despite the shady circumstances as well as the cocaine and methadone in her system, the cause of death was ruled as undetermined. Looking back at it all, Mr. Whitaker truly saw his winning of the lottery as a curse. My granddaughter's dead, probably because of the money. You really believe that? I really believe that. I know I really had my arms around her and protected her before I won the lottery. And once I won the lottery, there wasn't enough of me to get my arms around everything, to, to hold it and protect it. She was the shining star of my life. She was what it was all about for me from the day she was born. It was all about providing and protecting and taking care of her. Uh, you know, my wife had said she wished that she had torn the ticket up. Well, I wish that we had torn the ticket up too. Jack's story is tragic, but far from a happenstance. There are plenty more stories of people winning large amounts of money and losing it all in the end. With these things in mind, I couldn't honestly say that money is the source of power. It's a tool, yes, but in fact, money, money seems more like a powerful monster that can be summoned or found, but absolutely needs to be tamed. Otherwise, it will eat you in the end. No, money itself is not power. There must be something else with it. There has to be something else about you to keep you sane. You don't really hear many self-made millionaires losing it all. And if you do, typically they can get it back. And apart from these examples, just look at trust fund kids. They have the money. They have the luxuries that accompany with money. But they don't get the respect. They don't get the admiration of the public like their parents did. And honestly, when was the last time there was a best-selling book that was about some guy who rose up the ranks despite only having a meager million-dollar trust fund? Oh, wait a minute. Bad example, bad example. Anyway, anyways, what I'm saying is people aren't moved just because of the money. They're moved by how you got it. Power is also about how people view you and what you can do, which leads us to our next candidate fame in this great age of social media fame is king having your videos your words or just your name being shared by thousands upon thousands of people can change everything businesses have been grown entertainers have been discovered because of social media the number of followers you have can be directly tied to the number in your bank account essentially attention is the new currency don't believe me look at the kardashians no disrespect, they're doing a lot now, but some of them were just famous for being famous in the beginning. Or be honest, how many products have you bought just because someone famous you like endorsed them? Having all the eyes of the world on you typically makes you great for endorsements, businesses like you, and that gives you the money. So now we have fame and money, and that has to mean power, right? Unfortunately, when you unpack this as well, it shows once again that just like money, fame is more so of a product of power rather than the source. And if you want proof of that, look no further than K-pop. In case you've been living under a rock for the past few years, K-pop, otherwise known as Korean pop, is a musical phenomenon that's been taking the world by storm. There are plenty of different boy bands, girl bands, solo artists, all sorts of different artists within the genre that has a staggering fan base with millions upon millions of people around the globe. 
But I want to focus on one man that was amidst all this hype. His name was Young Bong Yi, otherwise known as Gio. He was a member of the band called Music Boys Live and Absolute Quality, otherwise known as M Black. From the beginning, the band was very popular, and this allowed Gio to be able to travel the country not only performing music, but as well as hosting different shows, TV shows, game shows, whatever. Wherever he could go, people wanted him there, he was there. From the outside looking in, Gio had it all, and in all shapes and forms, he did. He was a member of a popular K-pop band. Women loved him, men wanted to be him. He had everything. Everything but the money. Despite all of the traveling, the appearances, the TV shows, recording music, the long working hours performing, the dancing, despite all that, Gio stated that his group pocketed a bit over $20,000 annually. Notice how I said the group. Now you gotta split that five ways and Gio made about $4,000 a year. To keep that in perspective, that means someone can work a minimum wage job at about 40 hours a week and still make over three times the amount of money Gio did. But think about what we just said about fame and attention. If we're gonna go about our old formula, attention being the new currency, then Gio should have been well on his way to wealth. So why if that's true, does Gio not have any money from his days back with M Black? And the lack of money is just the tip of the iceberg. Health concerns have been rampant if you look at the K-pop community. Like seriously, just Google K-pop star collapsing and just watch how many videos pop up. During a performance, members of a group would pass out in the middle of a concert only to be just dragged off the stage. And then to top it off, the rest of the members would just keep going like nothing happened. I've seen performers dance over the unconscious bodies of their co-stars and act like it's no big deal. These people are working countless hours between rehearsals, recordings, appearances, concerts. They are overworked and underpaid. Jill is not a weird minority, weird aberration. This is the status quo. And Jill was a member of a five-person group. Some of these groups have 10 people or more. And the reason behind that serves as the way for the music companies to not only make more money, but allow them to pocket more money as well. Let me explain. So the biggest thing is just you want to keep fans engaged, right? And what is a better way of doing that than having an inner group competition? Good example of this is Harry Potter. Gryffindor versus Slytherin. Give people of your fan base a smaller fan base, another niche within that fan base to gravitate to and those fans will be even more hardcore because they'll be tethered to that one person or that one group within your group now more people in a group means more guys or girls to pick and choose from to be their favorites and on the reverse side more guys in a group means that one person isn't as valuable anymore and they can be replaced at any time so once someone gets upset about not being paid enough and wants more of a piece of that pie, the companies can just go out, find a new person and replace them just like that because there are thousands waiting to take his spot. Yes, fame does carry power. I think we can all agree about that, but it can also be an illusion to power. Some of these household names that we may see living the dream can in actuality have a noose around their neck aka life-sucking contracts do they own their music are they doing the things that they want to do is this really them 
or an illusion made by these companies for us to gravitate towards, to love, to pine over, to idolize. Let's shrink the scale size of this. Here's the game. Take out your phone, right? Start a timer on the phone and then go to Instagram and scroll until you see an Instagram star living the luxurious life. That means driving a nice car or taking pictures on the beach, something like that. Chances are it took a few little swipes and you got that. The problem is most of it is a facade. The cars are rented or borrowed from a friend and the pictures on the beach, that picture was one of thousands of pictures they took that same day and spread it out within the few months to make you think they're still living that lifestyle. Or you see young people doing crazy and absurd things in the name of likes of a video or a viral video. You can get the attention, you can get the likes, you can get the followers, but if it's not you, and if it's all built on a lie, are you really displaying your own power? <sighs> so if, if money doesn't necessarily mean power, and fame can be an allusion to that power, they were no closer to the truth than when we began. But we don't want to stop. I don't want to give up. So for inspiration, we can look to a plethora of directions. War generals, business tycoons, politicians. All of these people are suitable candidates to develop some sort of power blueprint. And indeed, the more people you look at, the more you can find things. But for me, I think I found something that I think is unique. I feel as though it's the most unique thing and dare I say the most empowering perspectives on this topic and it comes from a philosopher by the name of Friedrich Nietzsche. Nietzsche was a German philosopher and honestly he has a ton of ideas on a wide variety of things and honestly we don't have time to talk about it all. There's plenty of books and other sources chronicling everything. What I want to talk about however is a sliver like a small little piece of something he said that honestly I believe is the most important piece of wisdom he had. I want you to answer this. What does Bill Gates, Beyonce, and LeBron James all have in common? When they walk into a room, they instantly garner the intention of that room. They demand the attention. They don't do it by screaming, hey, I'm here. Hey, it's LeBron James, what's up, what's up, what's up? Or, oh, look, I'm Beyonce. No, no, it's not that. Their mere presence who they are captivates everyone in that room. If that's too big in scale, think of someone smaller. Think of someone you know personally that you see as a great leader or a great role model or people look up to. There's just something about them that makes people listen, makes people hear them, and then makes them stand out. So what is this thing? Nietzsche would say that this is their will to power or their ability to be uninhibitedly themselves. We marvel at Beyonce not only because of her musical prowess, but for her fierceness. Women become alive listening to her music because she's promoting the act of being yourself and being unapologetic because of it. LeBron James has a saying, more than an athlete, signifying that he is whatever he wants to be, despite others telling him to just shut up and dribble. These are brilliant real life examples of practicing will to power. Being able to express and achieve your desires, values, skills, whatever it may be, without having that flame smothered by the rest of the world is practicing your will to power. In other words, a lion is going to be a lion wherever you take them. The will to power, I believe, is so profound because it allows you to determine what power is. You become the master, which makes you essentially 
more powerful. Because if you look at all of the greats, they didn't do what they did. They didn't get to where they wanted to go by doing what other people told them would fulfill them. They did what they thought was right. What they thought was in their destiny to do. To be themselves, to be absolutely themselves was their will. And they forced that will on other people. They created their own destinies and showed people that those destinies in their minds were real. Michael Jordan's path to power was basketball, and despite being cut from that high school team, he still forced his will and kept going and became one of the best basketball players, if not the best of all time. J.K. Rowling's will to power was tested when no one else thought that her series Harry Potter was going to be a big seller. And despite that, she forced her will upon the world and tried until something came out of it. This is what separates the people we were talking about earlier from those who truly have power. A lottery winner cannot get wealth by their own means. Their will did not make it happen, so therefore they lose it easily. And Gio was not allowed to be who he was, and because of that, he never felt the power until he left the band. You, you may not even feel power because you aren't doing what your soul is telling you to do. I mean, I'm gonna be honest, I struggle with this every day. And you know what's weird? Because as you grow up, you're given goals to achieve. Do this homework, pass this test, pass this class, and then go on to the next grade and repeat. Year after year, others put goals in front of us and we must learn how to achieve them. But then one day, school is over and you are automatically, out of nowhere, you're supposed to give yourself a goal to accomplish. We have to find our own will to power. And honestly, this is what makes or breaks a lot of us. Can we push through and answer that question that plagues us all, what do I desire? Or do we just settle for the answers already given to us? Power isn't about fame, it's not about money, and it's not about having the ability to hurt others. Power is being who you are without any limitations. It's becoming who you truly are. And it's the ability to express yourself freely and fully. Thank you all for listening. And until next time, take it easy. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed the episode. I had a fun time making it. If you like what we have going on here, feel free to follow us on social media and subscribe to the podcast. Also, if you want to know a little bit more about just my thoughts on life, you can check out my book, Finding Your Prime on Amazon and Kindle. It's about a lot of the lessons I learned during my time as a police officer. Once again, just type in Finding Your Prime by Keyshawn Harper and it'll get you there. Oh, and one final thing, we have a Patreon. If you want to help support the show, find us on Patreon at To Be Determined Podcast. Giving only a dollar an episode will give you early access to episodes and you can suggest topics for future episodes. Anything helps and I appreciate you all. Thanks for listening and until next time, take it easy.